We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation? And welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Cody Felger here alongside of me, Andrew Thomason, my friend from StampyBlue.com. Andrew, how you doing, man? Doing well, doing well. It's uh, about time, I will say, here in Indiana. We've had some decent weather, although it is kind of cold. A little bit you know, random, but with the snow that kind of came through on Saturday, it's just it's nice to look outside and, and have a little bit of sunshine. So that certainly... Uh, Makes for a better day. How's how are you doing? I'm assuming all is well. Yeah, all is well. I uh, just got back from vacation, so it's funny. On Saturday, I I flew back into uh, to town, and I walk outside, and I'm like, "What is this? Like, I'm not ready for this again. I'm not emotionally ready for this." But you know what? It is what it is. I'm getting back to accustomed to it. You know, uh, I guess if there's a positive out of this, it's like I'm not going to get sunburned for a while, so that's good. I got a little bit of too much sun in my time. Um, definitely worth it though. But yeah, man, uh, wanted to talk about some positions of need for the Colts. Now, obviously the Colts have made some moves, haven't made a ton, only three moves so far in free agency. In addition to their roster, besides resigning a few guys as well. Um, obviously the trade for Yannick Ngakwe was the first domino to fall. Um, then the signing of Braden face on. And then most recently the Colts trading for quarterback, Matt Ryan. So the Colts feel two needs of importance the, the pass rushing and the quarterback position arguably the two most important positions in the in the football um but andrew there still are a good number of needs for the colts here as they're still in free agency and the draft is rapidly approaching about a month out from that um so i, I wanted to talk about the five needs that i think the colts still have and i wanted to give you the opportunity and we can kind of rank these five moves you know five being the least amount of importance out of these five positions and then number one being obviously the most important. So here are the positions, Andrew, that I'll give you. Uh, I'm going to talk wide receiver, tight end, left tackle. There's a three on offense. Then we'll go cornerback and we'll go safety depth. Okay? okay. So what would you go out of those five? What would you say is out of those five positions, the least important one? Oh, least important. I'd probably say corner. I think okay. I, okay. So let me put it this way. I think Chris Ballard looks at it from the standpoint of, we have a pro bowler in Kenny Moore. We have Isaiah Rodgers, who we like, who obviously took a major steps um, towards progressing last season. 
Uh, and then we have, as you mentioned, they signed Brandon Faison, who played with Gus Bradley in Las Vegas last year. I think they are okay uh, with those three starting. Marvell Tell, they also signed, who we know they drafted. Um, they brought him back. Now, he hasn't played football in about a year, so maybe there's th- some concern there. But that he's a solid depth piece, I think, um, given the little the little bit that we saw from him. I, th- I think Colts fans certainly uh, liked his potential. Um, and so the, the Colts brought him back. To me, it's it's not a pressing need, but it is it is something that I think they need more depth at. You lose Xavier Rhodes and TJ Carey both to free agency. You have glaring holes. As you mentioned, you, you trade for uh, Unique Ngakwe. You send Rocky Asin, who had, I think, his best season as a pro last season. Um, you have to fill that void somehow. And while Brandon Faison is a nice player, and has, again, that experience, um, that rapport with Gus Bradley and Ron Miles, the defensive backs coach, I think he would be doing uh, a little bit of a disservice to your secondary in general if you don't at least grab another corner. But again, I don't think it's a, a major, major need at this point. That's interesting because I would actually disagree with you. I would say safety for me is number five, the least important, because you have two guys that you know are going to probably be your starters. You know, you have Julian Blackman. I know the injury is a concern for sure. Like, I don't want to you know, just say that's not a concern. It is. But you have Julian Blackman, who you know has played well for you, and you have Corey Willis. You have your produ- presumed two starters there. Uh, I know the Colts have been rumored with Tyron Matthew, you know, potentially there. But I kind of look at it as like if you're if you're not able to land him, it's not like you're really in a position where – you're like, oh man, we don't have anybody there, you know. And I know the corners, like maybe not that, but I feel like with corner for me, you lost more guys than you gained this offseason, right? Whereas safety, you didn't really, you lost your Joe to my guess, who is important, but you didn't lose a starter like you did with corner. That would be my argument. I'm assuming safety would be your next one. Well, what is your next one? Is it safety or is it another position? <laughs> it is safety. Um, okay. I, my thing with with. With Julian Blackman and Kari Willis, nice players, B to B plus in my mind when healthy. That to me is the key. And I know you just mentioned it briefly. Blackman's injury, you know, coming out of college, he had an ACL tear. Now he has an Achilles tear that he's coming off of. And we've seen, you know, obviously injuries affect every player differently, right? But we've seen how an Achilles injury affected left tackle Eric Fisher last season and how poorly he played at times because of the Achilles tear. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking you, the Colts have to have some sort of insurance for Julian Blackman in case he's not ready to go at the start of the season. I mean, right now, your starting safeties are Kari Willis and insert whatever name I can't think of at the moment. So I I think it's – is it – I see your point. I totally see that – and I can totally see that, that why cornerback would be maybe slightly higher on your list. But for me – I feel like, again, the comfortability that the Colts have, the, the decision makers and Ballard, Reich, and Ursay in who they currently have at quarterback, pardon me, cornerback depth-wise, um, to me, I think safety is just a little bit uh, of a bigger need there, um, just given the the injury concerns with, with Blackman. Again, like I said, he he might not be able to go at the start of the season. He might not be as productive or as efficient um, at his spot, even if he were to start at the beginning of the season. And I think you have to have somebody that's able to come in. As you mentioned, there are rumors with Tyron Matthew. There are other names out there as well. Maybe they look to draft somebody in the later rounds. 
but you need something there other than what you have with Willis and Blackman. I think regardless of where we put him, you know, four, five, whatever, I think one thing that we can both say is true is despite the fact that the Colts have lost three guys that played significant roles with him, you could argue four guys potentially, uh, they, they lost a good amount of depth. They're still low, and, and the reason why they're so low on the list of priorities it's simply because of the pass rush that the Colts did get with Yannick Ngakwe and how this defense runs, right? I mean, I'm sure you said it. I've said it. Ten out of ten times, I would take a stud pass rusher over a stud corner because if you can get to the quarterback, that helps everybody, you know, in their secondary. Oh, absolutely. That's, I mean, give me a pass rusher over a cornerback any day of the week. And and that's no shot at Rocky scene who, as we mentioned on multiple occasions, was an excellent player for the Colts, had his best year with the team uh, last season. But and the Colts dip in pass rush pr- production wise was, was, I mean, staggering. It was, it was not, it was not good. I'll put it that way. They went from, I think, top 15, top 12, top 15 in 2021, all the way down to 25th. I mean, that's, that's borderline mediocre, Cody. And it's that, that's not going to get it done uh, at any level, certainly not in January, um, which is obviously what the Colts have aspirations for. So you have to go out and you have to address positions of need and look at it this way too. How many times have the Colts swung and missed? on pass rushers in the second round. Taekwon Lewis, they brought back. He liked what he could potentially bring to the table. Kamoko Ture is a free agent, um, and they called him and brought him back. You, uh, we can all agree, I think, at this point, that Ben Vanagu is is a miss. They, I mean, the Colts have invested all of these resources, high resources, into the defensive line at defensive tackle and defensive end, and it hasn't worked out for them. And at some point, I think you have to do something a little bit differently. You have to change things up, and I think that's what the Colts did. That's what Ballard did. Um, with with acquiring Indian Ngakwe in exchange for Rocky C. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move over now to number three. I'm gonna we're gonna go over to the offensive side now. In your opinion, out of the three positions, wide receiver, tight end, and left tackle, where would you put number three? Which position? I'd say tight end uh, for me. I <laughs> wide receiver and left tackle. I mean, look at where the the NFL is in 2022. The NFL is very much a pass oriented league, and you have to have I mean, you have to have capable, productive receivers. Uh, and you also have to have, uh, you know, a, a solid left tackle. You can't, you know, walk walk into a game with, with uh, Julian Davenport or Sam Tevy, who we were briefly talking about before we started, uh, you know, uh, recording. And, and that's not an insult, uh, you know, at them personally by any means. But, I mean, the, the tape doesn't lie. They, you know, they weren't great with their prior teams being the Chargers and the Texans. They come over to the Colts. They have their opportunities. They're not all that great. And so for me, I, I guess I got a little sidetracked there, but wide receiver, um, or pardon me, tight end is my number three need. You you re-sign Morley Cox to a three-year deal. I like the move for the Colts. He's uh, a productive pass catcher. Um, maybe not to the extent where the Colts want him to be, but I think he can still grow in that in that area. Um, he's also proven to be a solid run blocking tight end as well. Maybe not as solid as Jack Doyle, but good enough. Right. And then you have Kylan Granson who you took in, I think the fourth or fifth round last yeah, draft who, while he didn't have, you know, the biggest season production wise, they feel that he could probably grow into that tight end number two role. We saw some flashes from him and who knows, maybe there are still some free agents out there or they can go in and, and address tight end. But, yeah, tight end for me is is certainly the number three need when looking at those three. Okay. Now I'm going to make a pitch to you. I'm going to make an argument to you on something. 
I would say for number three, I know I may, I may get some pushback. I'm going to say left tackle, and here's why I'm going to say it. Okay, you have a competent left tackle right now, and say, and I almost said Sam Tevy. Wow, uh, you you and Matt Pryor, you have a guy that I know he hasn't played a lot at left tackle, but he was really good last season for the Colts. Right, they actually have an answer at left tackle. Whereas I, when I look at tight end and when I look at wide receiver, they don't really, you know. And you have the four other positions on your team that you feel are pretty secure. Assuming you bring back Chris Reed, you feel really good about your left guard all the way to your right tackle. Um, I know left tackle is a little bit of a question, and I do think they need to add some depth 100%. But I do feel like I'm okay with you know trying out the Matt Pryor experience for one season and seeing how it goes. Um, that's my pitch. That's why I would say left tackle over tight end and wide receiver. Um, I would say it's a little bit less important for me in my personal opinion. Yeah, I, I can totally see where you're coming from. And and I honestly, you're talking those three needs. I mean, that's maybe 1B, one, or pardon me, uh, you know, two, two A, 2A, two 2B, right? You know, right in between, right in between there. Um, I, but I agree. Matt Pryor played uh, pretty well, uh, played more right tackle than left tackle, I believe, last season. But I think he started a few games, at least a game, I know for certain, against Las Vegas at left tackle. Um, Zach Hicks, a friend of ours, did a film room on Pryor's uh, performance against the Raiders. So if anybody here that's listening, if you haven't seen that, go view that. Um, always super well done on his part. And he actually makes a compelling point, similar to what you had said about Pryor being a solid starter at left tackle. Uh, but I also agree in that the Colts need to make another move. They need to go draft a left tackle, in my opinion, in either the second or third round. Um, you have to have a backup to prior because we saw again, brain Smith missed five or six games. I believe it was last season and you had a a competent backup, excuse me, in prior uh, you now that he is at least getting the, the opportunity to to compete for that left tackle spot. um, You have to have somebody that can come in and replace him. Should he go down? Yeah, that makes total sense. And I'm th- I think another reasoning is because there still are a few guys on the market that the Colts could still bring in. You know, yeah, I know there's been some talks around Eric Fisher. He's likely not to resign, but he's still out there, right? And then you think a guy like Dwayne Brown is still out there. So, I mean, both these guys are band-aid guys, but there still are guys out there as opposed to really tight end wide receiver. The market's a little bit drier, I feel like, right now. Um, maybe the market's a little bit more boom right now um, with the couple names that are out there, but you know, there still are some solid options potentially, or at least some depth guys there that could compete at left tackle. All right, for number two, Andrew, for you, between left tackle and wide receiver, where are you going? I'm going left tackle. Uh, left tackle, kind of as we already briefly mentioned, um, it is is I mean super important. I mean, you look at you know some of the the left tackles that aren't that that didn't last very long with their respective teams. You know, there was a reason reason for that. We mentioned guys like Sam Tevy, Julian Davenport. Um, and then you look on the flip side of that, you look at guys like Orlando Brown and Rashawn Slater and uh, Jedrick Wills of the Browns and uh, Donovan Smith of the Buccaneers. I mean, you look at some of these, the, the better left tackles in the game and how essential they are to to a team, to a team's offense, uh, to a quarterback. And when you have a guy like Matt Ryan uh, at the helm, who isn't, as mobile as Carson Wentz, but is maybe slightly more mobile than Phillip Rivers, he's not going to be able to move around a ton. And so you're going to have to have somebody that you know you can count on to protect his blind side uh, on a consistent basis. Uh, and, and that 
right now, I think we both can agree that Matt Pryor, you know, just certainly deserves a chance to compete for that spot. We've already mentioned bringing in some depth pieces. You mentioned guys like Dwayne Brown out there as well, who they could potentially bring in. Um, I, I, I prefer more of a, of a draft route personally, just because I feel like, um, the, the, the market for left tackles in the draft is obviously a lot more expansive than that of free agency. Uh, there's not very many left. Um, although I guess Dwayne Brown would be my only exception given his veteran presence. Um, as far as Eric Fisher and some of the other free agents who might be available, I guess, in my opinion, personally, I think the Colts could do better. Um, yeah, for me, left tackle is is definitely number two for a variety of reasons that we've discussed. Okay. I think for number two, I'm probably going to go tight end. You know, I was going back and forth. I could make arguments for tight end or wide receiver, but we'll get to why wide wide receiver is number one. But I think tight end, you, you have two guys. You have Mo. you mentioned. You have Kylan, who I think deserves more of a role this season because every time it seemed like they targeted him, he made a play. So – um, I do think tight end for me is number two. And I think we can both be in agreement. Number one has got to be wide receiver. Why would you say number one is wide receiver for you, Andrew? The one stat, Cody, that continues to come to my mind is the Colts. They were the only team in the NFL to not have more than one receiver surpass the 500-yard receiving mark. Michael Pittman Jr. was the only receiver on this Colts offense in 2021 that had over 500 yards. That is concerning. And you look at the the Colts receiving depth. You have Ashton Doolin, who is a nice rotational player. When called upon last season, he made some plays, right? But is he a, a bona fide starter on this Colts offense? I don't think so. And then Zach Pascal, who is now with Philadelphia. Um, you have obviously Mo Ali Cox and Colin Granson, as we've mentioned. And and those are two nice pieces, but you need help along the perimeter. You need somebody to compliment Michael Pittman Jr., which is, you know, similar to how you said, why we're both in agreement that wide receiver is easily number one. Uh, I just put an article up on stampedeblue.com about how Naheem Hines, his production went way down last season with Carson Wentz. And now the expectation is for his production to rise again with a quarterback like Matt Ryan at the helm. Um, so if you haven't checked that out, be sure to do so. Um, it kind of falls right in line with what we were talking about. But I think it's also important to note that even if the Colts have solid receiving threats, pass catching backs, and Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines, that should not change their mindset on at the wide receiver position. And here's the other thing, too. This wide receiver class is loaded. Then they picked 42nd in the second round, which is, I think, 10 spots outside the first round. So they're certainly sure to be. Uh, some top end receiving talents at that spot. You're talking maybe Christian Watson, uh, Drake London. You're talking uh, potentially Sky Moore, who is is you know you want to talk about somebody that, that you know takes the top off the defense. Uh, he could certainly do it. Uh, and you know I guess I I you know forgot to mention Paris Campbell. If he can stay healthy, you know he's shown flashes, but that is through no fault of his own. You know as we've mentioned on other occasions. Campbell didn't have have any injuries while at Ohio State, and then he gets to the NFL, and he just has some really bad injury luck. So, you know, through no fault of his own, he's just had some really bad experiences. But if he can stay healthy, he certainly adds a nice piece to this receiving core. But I don't think there's enough there in Campbell personally that he can be that number two to Pittman. And at the very least, uh, and most certainly I should say, Pittman and Campbell – are not enough in my mind at that receiving spot. You need a second or in some people's minds, maybe a third wide receiving option. Some of the guys I just mentioned might be available in the draft. And in my mind, what we've been seeing, you know, on Twitter and reports and all these other things, that is 
possibly what the Colts are going to do is, is address it in the draft, which is the right move in my opinion. Yeah, you cannot, I repeat, you cannot put your eggs all in the basket of Paris Campbell staying healthy and these sixth and seventh round wide receivers. Like you just can't do that. You may like these guys. You very well. I, I mean, I like Mike Strawn. I like Desmond Patman. I think they did some good things for you. But to simply rely on those guys to take the step to be your number two or number three wide receiver, you just can't. You can't afford to do it. Uh, I think it would almost be, you know, you talked about like with the corner position negligent. I think it would be borderline criminal to not go get a wide receiver or two in the draft or in free agency. And there still are a few names available. Um, you just need to give Matt Ryan weapons at this point. Like, I think that's what you got to do in this draft. And you can't put your eggs in the basket. Okay, if Paris Campbell stays healthy, great. That's a great bonus. You know, if Mike Strawn or if Desmond Patman, they ascend and they're one of you, they, they become your number three wide receiver, great. You know, you love it. But you cannot, you cannot rely on those things because they have proven right now at least to not come to fruition. They have not been proven and you need a proven number two, because what happens if Michael Pittman jr. Gets double teamed, he gets taken out of the game. Who are you throwing the ball to? That's my biggest concern. Who are you throwing the ball to? Um, we saw teams do that all the time, specifically the Patriots. When you played with T Y Hilton and they had nobody else, the Colts could not pass the ball because no, they were covering T Y Hilton and nobody else was getting open. So my point is you need another guy out there and I think you're right. I think right now the draft's probably the best route. You're going to get a good player there in that second round, you know, early second round pick that you received um, in that swap um, for Carson Wentz with the Washington Commanders. I think you need to take advantage of it. I really do. I think, honestly, with how deep this wide receiver class is, Andrew, I would not be opposed to double dipping at wide receiver in this draft. I would not be opposed one bit. No, I, I wouldn't either. I, the Colts can't be. I mean, look at where they're at. We just broke it down. Like you said, you can't put all your eggs in the basket of Strawn and, and, and Patman, who are nice players. And like you said, yeah, they, they did some decent things for you. But I think Patman had his first career touchdown against the Cardinals last year. I mean, again, these are not personal attacks or, or what have you, but this is just what we're seeing, what we notice with our own eyes. There is a reason these receivers are not seeing the field, and it's probably because they're not ready. Mike Strong, who had about as good of a training camp, I think, as any receiver, any rookie receiver around the league, all this hype around him going into the season, and he didn't see a single snap in the regular season. There is a reason for that. These guys are young. They're going to take time to mold and form into the receivers that I think the Colts are hoping they can form into. And it it would be, you want to talk about doing a disservice. You're doing a disservice to Matt Ryan, who played with, with practice squad players, aside from maybe Russell Gage and Cordero Patterson last year in Atlanta. You can't do that. You know, the, the, the narrative around him being traded here to the Colts is he's going to have a better team to work with, better receivers, better tight ends, just better pass catchers in general. And if you go out and you, and you refuse to uh, to address such a major need, you know, we're already looking at the Colts as probably being the ninth or tenth best team in the AFC, just the AFC. So you, you, how do you get better? How do you compete with some of the top tier teams? You match for match to a degree. You say, okay, well. Anything you can do, we think we can do better. We're going to go out and get, you know, multiple receivers in the draft, which, you know, if you're the Colts, you can't be opposed to either. Yeah, you can't be. And there still are some free agents out there, too. And there are some guys that are looking to be traded. So, I mean, you got to do your due diligence and you got to get some guys. I don't care how you really do it at this point. You just need to surround Matt Ryan with a plethora of weapons. And if you can do that, you can compete for this AFC South title, man. I mean, Matt Ryan wants to win as much as the next guy. We want to win, you know. 
obvious. It's obvious that Reich wants to win. It's obvious that Ballard wants to win. If you want to win, you got to go get your guy some weapons. That that's just my opinion. So, all right, guys. Well, that'll do it here for our look at the biggest positions of need still remaining for the Indianapolis Colts. Thank you, Andrew, for coming on. It's always a lot of fun, man. Why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you, they can find your work, and all that good stuff. Well, certainly. I appreciate you having me on. It's always a blast. Uh, you can find me on social media, um, all platforms, um, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook. You can find me searching my last name, which is uh, Andrew Thomason. Um, my username um, or, or tag, uh, Twitter handle, can think of the name there, um, is my first name and then underscore and then my last name, just as you see on the screen here. Um, and, and then you can find my work uh, on my LinkedIn page as well. If you search my name on LinkedIn, um, you can find my work on stampedeblue.com just by searching my name. We've got tons and tons of quality content there from myself and so many other talented writers um, and journalists as well. So be sure to, to keep an eye out for, for that kind of stuff. And, and I would certainly appreciate it if you, you guys were to follow and to uh, catch up on all that. Absolutely, guys. Be sure to do that. Thank you, Andrew, for coming on. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. As always, guys, go Colts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.